Hello and good afternoon, Xbox Nation. Welcome to this week's new episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Boomstick XL, and we have an incredible show for you today. So strap in. The next 90 minutes are going to kick total ass. But we're going to open up with some controversy because I have... Uh, I guess maybe it's the police officer in me. Maybe I don't like injustice. Maybe I love the little guy. You know how I feel about the indie community. I'm always supporting them. I've had the pleasure of sitting down with several major developers, and I got a few more that I'm going to be announcing very soon that I'm sitting down with that I'm proud and actually quite shocked that I'm going to get a chance to speak with. But of course, before we get into it, let's let's get into the introductions, and then we're going to have a whole mess of fun and and, and obviously make your day one heck of a Tuesday for the next hour and a half. And uh, as you're going to notice, two of the mainstays, the the pillars of the Xbox Factor Podcast Tuesday edition are not here. Pong Soul working, training, doing the best job that he can do. And Zemi Games uh, had to take some time off to take care of some personal things, some school uh, as he was closing out the year, he will be back next week. As a matter of fact, he's going to be back this Thursday on our Xbox prediction show for this Sunday's Xbox Bethesda event. But before, before again, let, let me introduce, um, you know, everyone here is a guest. But you know what? They're not strangers to this community. And we're going to start first with someone on loan from PlayStation Nation. And we could potentially get a Jim Ryan sighting anytime soon. Mr. Badbit, welcome. I thought this was a PlayStation show. Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> I took a wrong turn. Here, boom. I took a wrong turn and I'm so lost. You took oh, a left turn bro. at Albuquerque is what you did. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Oh, God. I thought I was talking about Ratchet and Clank, but here I am. How are you, dude? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, great. it's great to have you, Joe. Thanks for jumping oh. in. I, I specifically wanted you here today because as a PR guy, um, I want you. I want your honest opinion of the controversy that was brought to our attention uh, by Mike Rose, who is uh, one of the developers at uh, Rave of Ravenland for their game Descenders that was launched. Well, the Xbox Series X and S versions were launched today on the Xbox Series X and S, and of course. Uh, he got so he really really shocked me, but it really shouldn't have. How some people from the PlayStation community have treated him, and uh, I thought it was important to talk about it. I mean, you and I, uh, and uh, the rest of the um, um, the Breakfast at Boom crew really went to town on the Alana Pierce situation from Friday, and I was very proud of us. Uh, I, we did use some some explicits. But I think it was warranted because of the levy of, of, of really terrible things that were said. Now, thankfully, Mike, at least I haven't seen it. I haven't read all the tweets. Um, but I believe, Joe, you have. So we're going to get your opinion on that momentarily. But let me continue introductions here. I'm going to start next with uh, Mav, also known as Fun Speculation. And if you didn't know, he has an incredible show with the Magnificent Seven each and every Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And more so, he just dropped one heck 
of a video. It's 53 minutes in length. And actually, the original copy print is over five hours long. Uh, he he's reached out to many of us in the content creation community, asked us if we wanted to be a part of the E3 predictions, uh, wrote up a bunch of questions. And my God, it was a really magnificent piece of work. Mav, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me. I uh, super appreciate the awesome intro. It's uh, amazing also to be here with uh, Mr. Badbit himself and one of my brothers from Xbox Ultimate as well and 3-Bit. Um, this is, you got some good topics here, Boom. I like when uh, you sent the topic list, I was like, my eyes kind of like <laughs> widened quite a bit because you know, we're going into speculation town today, which is a sunny great and 75 unicorns and rainbows <laughs> all day long. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. I, 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 freaking, I freaking love it. And um, to, to be like, like I said, to be here with these two guys and as well. And, and thanks for the comments on the video. It was uh, just something I wanted to do uh, involving the community instead of, you know, instead of just having a traditional thing, you know. So I think it was a blast. I had more fun. Uh, doing that project, I think, than anything, just being able to sit down and have all those little sessions. So thank you, everybody on this panel here today uh, took part in that as well. So I want to also just say thank you guys for uh, making help making that happen. And 3Bit also helped with some editing tips that really helped me along the way. So thank you, 3Bit, as well. Yeah, no problem. No, that's, that's awesome. Because uh, obviously you said, uh, folks, if you didn't know, um, and I actually learned this from Colt Eastwood. Uh, for every minute of production value uh, that you put into a video, that's an hour. So, so if you mm -hmm. someone you see someone with a, a you know an eight minute video, it's potentially you know eight to ten plus hours to make that video, and it, there's a lot of work. I mean, I I don't do videos. I probably should do more. I just with four live shows, I just don't have the time. Um, but it's 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 an almost an hour. So just do the math. Uh, he spent, from what I understand, Mav, over 30 hours uh, with editing this video. That that is that is a monster amount of work. So I I encourage everyone to please check it out. I will add it to the show notes uh, once this show goes on video on demand, so we can get everyone to get their eyes on it. But uh, I want to introduce someone that has he, he's coming back for the first time in a couple of weeks because he's been doing some secret sauce business, working it within the industry, three bit. First of all, we missed the heck out of you. And how is it going? Are you excited for E3? I'm extremely excited for E3. Um, there's a lot of different games uh, <laughs> that I'm, we're all speculating that's going to be shown, right? I'm just, I'm just ecstatic about it. And, and during that video, Mav, I had the biggest cheese on my face. <laughs> it was just really cool to see the community come together and we all celebrate gaming. And that's where it's, all about right yes. like we could we all, all have like this discourse and and we can all speculate but i think um something that was really amazing about that video was um like the us coming together <laughs> as a community and really just at the end of the day it's all about games and stuff we love to do um so that was an awesome video mav and it, yeah it's been some time it took a break uh from podcasting it was just getting too hectic with uh, some stuff uh, going on, but I'm excited to be back on the Factor Podcast. Well, it's great to have you back. Now, listen, before we open up the show with, of course, uh, the first topic, I, I got to throw up on the screen. Um, if you are new to the channel, uh, this is going to be 
the E3 2021 coverage schedule for my channel, Double Barrel Gaming. Folks, uh, it's going to be 12 plus hours of content, six days, six two hour plus streams. Um, and uh, I've, I've, I'm going to be tweeting this throughout the week. So everyone is uh, kept up to date. Uh, but I'm going to go over them uh, live on the air again. And we, we got a lot of new people in the chat. So, of course, I want to say welcome with open arms. This is a uh, non-biased, non-toxic uh, uh, channel. Uh, we, we enjoy uh, the community, at, uh, at, you know, because it's one of the finest uh, that I've had a chance to work with. This particular chat that continues to show up for each and every one of these shows. And uh, you are welcome here, regardless of what console you enjoy. And, of course, we're going to start it off with one of the biggest shows of the year, at least for Xbox. That is the Xbox Bethesda event. That is going to be Sunday, June 13th. Uh, we're going pre-show, 1130 a.m. And once this conference ends, we will be doing a post-show um, uh, you know, a, a roundtable conversation. Of course, primetime gaming Monday evening, 7 p.m. at its new time, Eastern Standard Time. We will be uh, going over uh, with the monster panel. Now, folks, I can't give it away just yet, but I can tell you that I have lined up the biggest panel I have ever put together in my YouTube career, and I've been doing it for almost four years as of November 3rd. And I'm talking some of the biggest uh, content creators in the business are potentially going to be a part of this uh, uh, giant uh, post-Xbox show. Uh, and that's going to be Monday evening. Uh, then, of course, Nintendo is having their direct event on Tuesday uh, the, at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are going pre-show at 11.30 a.m. And we're going to be doing a small post-show afterwards to talk about potentially the newly announced uh, X, uh, Xbox, uh, Nintendo Switch Pro, and of course, Wednesday, we're doing an E3 update podcast. Now, what I'm going to be doing there is simply talking about all of the biggest reveals across the board up until that time. And then, of course, Xbox Factor podcast that Thursday, we're going to be talking about some supposed um, Xbox announcements that are going to be happening after E3. And then, of course, rounding out the week, and I'm going to finally be able to take a breath, is going to be Breakfast with Boom, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, of course, we will be announcing what topics we're going to be talking about as we get closer. But let's, folks, let's, let's, uh, let me first of all welcome the nearly 230 people here. We got a couple of new channel members and a few super chats I got to catch up with. So let me do that right now. We also, uh, Raiden Blade, good friend of the channel, became a channel member once again. Thank you, Raiden. And he drops an outstanding $2 super chat on top of that. Boom, boom, Mr. Boom. Well, thank you so much for that. And we have another channel member, uh, Monster530. Thank you for becoming a channel member. It is greatly appreciated. Folks, if you didn't know, uh, I had uh, suspended all forms of, um, of uh, monetary gains for the channel. We had to do some behind-the-scene things. Mrs. Boomstick is now working with the channel full-time, and we had to do some switching, and unfortunately, that took some time for YouTube because, you know, we're still a small channel, so we're not top of the list, if you if you will. But everything is done, and I have reactivated Super, super Sticker, Super Chats, and, of course, channel membership. But, folks... Uh, get ready because this is when you're going to hear some realness from Boom. Now, this morning, I saw a thread pop up on my feed. And thanks to Jay Fonzarelli, who actually originally announced this, what was going on. We had word, uh, developer uh, on the game Descenders. 
was apparently being attacked. And I was going to say harassed, but from what I understand, and Joe, you, I'm going to go to you next on this because you have a better mm-hmm. understanding and you read some of the disgusting replies, um, was attacked by, and again, I, 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 I hate to say this. I, I don't like putting people under umbrellas. I don't like doing that because that's where you get into trouble. Um, but apparently uh, the PlayStation, and this is coming directly from Mike, uh, PlayStation fanboys were tweeting at him. But I'm going to read his statement. This is what he had to say. And this is Mike Rose. Since, we, since we're launching Defenders on the Xbox Series X today, I inevitably are getting a bunch of PlayStation fanboys tweeting at me on how it's a shit game, etc., etc. Pardon, pardon my French. The funniest thing is that Descenders is actually one of the best-selling indie titles on the PlayStation 4 slash 5 from the last 12 months. And he continues in a follow-up tweet. When I tell other developers just how well Descenders sells on PlayStation, the reaction is always, what the actual F? Since launching last August, we have sold hundreds hundreds of thousands of units on PlayStation. So I guess, sorry, our crap game is selling so well on your console. Mm -hmm. So, of course, Joe, I have to go to you next on this because as someone that I consider to be family, as someone that is in the business and is potentially going to hold a high position Mm -hmm. in a marketing position, hopefully, this is this is. This is kind of gross. And again, we we talked about this on Friday morning's Breakfast with Boom. And even in a tweet that I said to Fonz responding to his original tweet, I feel that if we do not talk about this, if we put our heads in the sand and don't constructively talk about this, then we are initially a part of the problem. So I wanted to take about maybe 20 minutes of today's show to get everyone's opinion. What are your thoughts on this on, the, on simply releasing a game for the Series X? What What is the deal, Joe? And why are we still having these conversations? Um, It's a really big, broad reasoning that I think a lot of us um, a lot of us hold some blame on, to be honest. So I think the reason why we're seeing devs get attacked and it's on both sides, right? Of course. Yeah. We talked about this. It's, I want you to be, yeah, please be, be yeah. very specific about that because this is not just it's, us attacking Sony's fanboys. This is exactly. all fanboys. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it last week with, with, you know, Alana getting those awful, awful threats, disgusting threats um, over God of War. So, you know, I, I've seen a lot of stuff where people have gone like I have to delete posts or 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 I, I can't, you know, uh, talk in the way I want to to celebrate my game because these crazy people who are literally just sad and pathetic human beings just attack people for no reason. And well, for the reasoning that is it's they've. How can I say this? They've put xbox playstation whatever piece of plastic in front of them (laughs) as kind of like a monument of like this is who i am as a person and ergo if i'm a playstation fan i have to the rule of thumb is i have to talk shit about xbox sorry but i have to talk trash about it Right. right that's that's the whole that's the whole thing if i'm an xbox fan 
PlayStation can't do anything right. And I have to talk crap about PlayStation. And we see it from creators big and small that that is the case. You know, I see it every time, you know, we talk about Halo, there's a Craig meme. When we talk about a PlayStation exclusive, we talk about the Tara Flips and the Terra Skips. <laughs> right we talk about oh we can't it. do you know 120 fps and we get those talking heads from larger creators and we get those talking heads uh points from people on twitter and that's the thing that we have to stop is the true narrative of and i see it of people going like starfield has zero fps on on playstation posts like that are the reason why things like this happen. Yeah, great point. Uh, That's a fantastic that, point, Joe. Well said. We can we can celebrate if you love Xbox, you can celebrate it without having to trash PlayStation. You I can agree. celebrate mm-hmm. Ratchet and Clank's success today if you're a PlayStation fan by not talking about exclusives on the Dude, other side. Dude, I'm a side. diehard Xbox fan and I cannot wait to play that game on Friday. Absolutely, and I'm a diehard PlayStation fan and I my most anticipated game is Halo. We have to normalize those types of conversations, though they may not bring the highest traction or the highest audience. It's about bringing the right conversation in that brings in the right people into your ecosystem. Um, And that's what we try to do at the trophy room. That's what I try to partner with people that believe in that same mantra, that it's about talking about the games and the celebrating the people that make them. Whether it's on your platform or not, that's what we have to do. We got to stop just the reactionary posts because, yeah, you get these posts where, like, this guy's trying to celebrate the launch uh, of his game on another platform, and people that are so ignorant are attacking this guy. And he's like, yo, my game is on your platform. It's the thing that launched there first. You big dumb dumb idiot, and most of these people are like this. Like I've seen some people that go out and have reviewed Ratchet and Clank, and then get like a comment of like, "Well, I hope you buy me this game because there's no way this game's gonna sell for seventy bucks." And it like, they're like, "I have no, I have no control of the price yeah, of a that game." That was uh, what do you call? It? Tell, so tell me who that was. That was um, that blessing. was a tweet that yeah, that was a, a tweet from Blessing, and to, to see that. It gets and it, that's a, he's it is a really great annoying. kid. Like if you oh, ever want amazing. if you ever if you ever yeah. want to look at a human being on how you hope kids of his age act in this day and age, mm-hmm. go look at Blessing from uh, kind Holy. of funny. I really I've like had him. Kid. Yeah, I've I've had him on his uh, on our show and he's just like I remember talking to him, go, man, this kid this kid's on another on another level, and to see the ta- the constant berating of these content creators just because they like a game, it doesn't. None of the arguments that any fanboy has brought up actually freaking sticks. Like the power argument hasn't stuck. Both consoles are selling really great. The price argument hasn't stuck. Returnal yeah, sold really. Well, like Ratchet and Clank is going to sell freaking gangbusters. It is Xbox Game Pass is profitable and they're making money on it and they're expanding on it with cool and awesome 
Disney stuff in the near future. Oh, and by the way, Descenders and Xbox Game Pass, PS, by the way. Absolutely. (laughs) All these things need to be celebrated, not this constant. It's the thing that annoys me the most, beratement of trying to neuter someone's excitement because it's not part of your thing. It's the dumbest thing ever. We have to we have to normalize talking about in the what the the thing that we champion on tro- on the trophy room so much is like we're talking about if we're playing a, uh, on an uh, on an Xbox or, or a Switch and we're celebrating those games and when we're bringing up you know Xbox, it's it's it, in in a comparison to PlayStation, it's not a us versus them thing. It's just a straight up comparison which uh, of those things it's nothing of a fanboy-esque era we get constantly trashed on because we're not fanboys enough and i love those i love those attacks because it knows that i'm bringing in the right audience because at the end of the day if your audience is toxic if your chat's toxic then means you're bringing out toxic content and that's not the thing that we want to do it's not the thing that all of us want to do we just want to talk about and celebrate games yes and it's sad that we are not we're not doing that, it seems like, on Twitter. Because I remember I remember a day where I, I thought very naively. I'm like, you know, Xbox is in such a great place. PlayStation's in such a great place. I bet this fanboy shit's going to be over in, in no time because it's so dumb. Like, they're both uh, doing that, so that, good. And it's dream. just gotten worse. Yeah, It's just gotten worse. It's like, I don't care what you're gaming on. I just care that your game that you're gaming in the first place and that you're a good decent human being. That's all I care about. Yeah. If you bought a PlayStation today, tomorrow, whatever, you're you're a fan of that thing. It's just like I say about Star Wars. You're a fan of Star Wars. It doesn't it, the the time you entered does not mean you're a bigger fan of uh, of it than than me or anybody else because my whole point is we're we're celebrating the things we love. It does not mean we have to trash the things that, at the end of the day, we may not partake in. Like, I don't like Star Trek, but I'm not here calling Star Trek people dorks (laughs) (laughs) because they like Star Trek and not Star Wars, right? That's what we need to get back to. And and it's something not even get back to because I don't think we were ever there. That's where we need to get to. Yeah, And it's sad because... In the YouTube culture, in the Twitter culture, that's never going to be the prevailing thought. And it's sad that that's not the case. Because honestly, games are better when we're celebrating it and not having this constant tug of war between which console is more powerful, which console got the most games, all that like not like nonsense stuff. It's when we're talking about our ecosystem and celebrating that ecosystem and bringing critical thought to that ecosystem that we actually make that ecosystem a little bit better. That's my whole, my, that's my TED talk is that we just got to get better and treat people better. And when you see a comment that you don't like, you have to bring the positivity out. Don't yeah. engage with the trolls. Don't feed them. I rarely ever do. Uh, that's what y'all have to do and bring that same energy, but in a positive form if you see a negative post do your best to create a positive post talking about something that you love because if we're just attacking people constantly that's what twitter becomes it becomes that toxic place because we allow it to be that toxic place spread the positivity 
Yep, I love it. I, I, you, can't, you can't get any better answer than that. Uh, let me catch up yeah. with some of these Super Chats we, as we welcome in 325-plus people. That is awesome. East Texas Alex, good friend of the show. He drops an outstanding $5 Super Chat and says, just wanted to say how much I appreciate all the positive and wonderful live content you've been doing, and I'm looking forward to next week's uh, content. Oh, thanks, East Texas. That, that's the awesome view to say, and I'm glad that you're going to be around to check it out. Yeah, it's going to be a busy week, but I I can't not wait to co- do all the coverage. Drawn TJ drops a very generous five dollars chat and says, "Good morning, Boom and Panel. This is going to be a killer show and topics. Yeah, dude, wait till you see. We have some good stuff. Dan Lazaro, good friend of the show, has become a channel member." Once again, thank you for that. Raiden Blade drops a five dollars super chat and says, "Mr. Boom, like the ILP, your channel or gro- your channel is grow- growing and blowing up. Go there, uh, Xbox pa- podcasters and neutral channels." Yeah, I mean, listen, I love my my, my brothers at Iron Lords, and they just they're, they're they're closing in on 10k just like I am, and I could not be more happier. Uh, that that is, man, those those are my brothers, man. I, I cannot say enough about them. And I can I can tell you that next Monday, uh, the primetime gaming, uh, where we are going to be covering what happens this Sunday, Lord Cognito is going to be part of that panel. I'll just give a little tidbit, uh, to one of the big, uh, you know, he I consider him to be a <laughs> to be a big big time content creator, and he's going to be uh, joining us to give us his. Um, opinion on what happened the Sunday before. Uh, Dan Lazaro, hey, dude, he drops a $5 super chat. Thank you for that. He says, we need to take these PlayStation threats seriously and investigate some of these guys before they hurt someone. Live events are scary places to be. Listen, folks, um, if you listen to ILP, uh, and I and I encourage you did, but I, I encourage that you do, but folks, it's a five-hour show, and every minute is worth it. Like every minute of that five hour show, which was on Sunday is worth it. Uh, uh, we found out thanks to Tim dog. And I didn't even know this. And I, I should have guessed it being ex law enforcement. Um, during these live events, Phil Spencer has a security detail um, because right. of the, some of the threats that he has gotten, which is uh, I'm glad that he has, I'm glad he has a security detail. I'm, I'm saddened that he has to have one to be honest oh, with yeah. you. Uh, um, like like shoot like sh- people like Shuhei people like uh, Nintendo like there is no way I remember there was one story my you my cannot get friend, to them no there's no way you could get to them like no. they like it's like they're the goddamn Secret Service <laughs> yeah, pretty much yes they're probably all ex all ex uh, law enforcement or oh, CIA yeah. guys I'm telling you oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick Raiden Blade good friend of the show he drops an additional two dollars and says look mindless people do mindless things. Indeed. I mean, I can't say it any better. And Rizzo, 34, dropped a very generous $5 super chat. says, Ratchet and Clank was 30 bucks on the PS4. I think that factors into why some people might uh, be unsh- unsure about a $70 pricing for Rift Apart. Look, here's the thing. Th- that's just business. I-, I-, I don't agree with it. I'm, I'm-, I'm not sitting here going to defend Sony on this. I-, 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 I understand that the first Ratchet and Clank on the PlayStation 4 was much cheaper. Uh, this obviously has a huge amount of production value to it. I think it's worth it. Um, I would rather pay sixty dollars uh, than seventy, but because I'm such a fan of both Insomniac and, of course, platformers, I'm going to jump in head first. And I have mine is already pre-ordered digitally on the PlayStation Five. Um, but Raiden Blade drops an additional two dollars super chat and says Phil got his own bodyguard. Yes, indeed he does. And Lord Roughness, good friend and generous friend of the show, he drops. 
an outstanding fight. I was giant says this aggression, aggressive toxic stuff is mainly from the Sony side because since 2013, Xbox fans couldn't say anything. The war lost. No bragging on Xbox side. Yeah, you know what though, dude? Look, I, I hear you, and, and I, I will say this: some of the most loudest comes from the um the 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 toxic playstation side but make no mistake that same toxicity even though it may not be as loud may not be as prominent and certainly not have as many members there's the xbox community and i'm not going to mention names because we don't do that here but there are plenty that are part of the problem and uh, i just think that overall we need to get over the plastic wars like what you like and just play games. Um, Gerald Mack in the chat, good friend of the show, he drops an outstanding fight. Allison Jen says that ILP podcast this past Sunday was the best show. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the best show of 2021, hands down. I'm sure we'll get all year boomstick. And uh, and you had that thing on fire. Holy crap! Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Like I had my like I I normally don't bring show notes to a guest appearance because I don't have to do the work as, as a guest. I just have to show up. And I had notes, folks. I had notes. But, Mav, let's get your opinion on this as we close in on 400. Wow, no, wait a second. According to my numbers, it's 425 people here. My God, that is awesome. Uh, Mav, are you disappointed by reading this post from Mike? Uh, Yeah, but it's also expected at this point. So it's like... Um, I just don't understand, like, what's wrong with people. This goes more into just gaming. It's like, um, hey, people have an avatar and they hide behind their computer at home and they act like they can just be somebody else, right? Keyboard that they would- cowboys and cowgirls, as I like to call them. 100%. It's like road rage, right? You're in your car. You're, like, protected, right? So you, like, act like a jerk. But if you were to step outside that car, it's like, oh, hey, uh, hi, nice to meet you, you know? Um like these people act like there's warriors and and stuff it's just kind of uh, sad and i wish that people would act on social media as they would in real life um instead of trying to play games so that's what this is all about it's it's just it's just like a, a toxicity for me if if people want to see the world and everything a better place which social media is a huge part of now stop pouring toxicity into it yeah, right agree. great and point. stop attacking people for pointless reasons we're talking about video games right video games are a form of entertainment which is an optional thing that are meant to be fun if you don't like something don't buy it if you don't like what somebody says keep scrolling if you it's like some of those comments like somebody says something that you hate and then you have to blast it all over the place Right. And it's like. These people get so much attention and that's why they do it. They do it for attention and they're attention seeking little toxic trolls that have no life except to try and play play mindless games. And it, it would be better if they just. Like had their Internet revoked. I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's just it's just pointless it does it does no service to anybody um let's have let's have fun with gaming and let's have fun celebrating games especially when a a game goes to a different platform i think joe hit all the notes like 
amazingly perfect. So I'm not going to add too much more more to that. But um, yeah, let's just keep it fun, right? Like why 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 be negative for no reason, right? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I think that you know negativity is a part of life. I get it. I, I'm not a boo. You know what I'm saying? But I also think that there's a time and a place for it. Um, and uh, listen, again, unfortunately, people don't act their age. They act their, su- their shoe size, um, especially when it comes to uh, being on social media where there's no real responsibility to what you tweet or what you write because there's no one going to either punch in the face or kick you in your ass. I think that if that happened, you'd see a lot, of less, uh, a lot more or less of this nonsense. But uh, closing out the topic, and again, I don't like to start negative, but I thought it was an, an important conversation. Three bit from a creator's point of view, because that's what you are. I, I mean, you're a podcaster, you're a content creator, you're a part of, the, uh, of this community, sure. But in your real life, you're, a con- you're, you're, you know, you work within the industry. H- how dejecting is seeing this kind of uh, attacks? Uh, I'm, I'm curious to get your opinion from a, a, a producer's point of view. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I can say um, that certain games at E3 are not not going to make it because they're afraid of stuff like this. And f- from our end, what we can do as content creators is ce- celebrate these games and developers. Like, despite whatever platform you're coming from, positivity can just be as powerful as being negative toward your preferred platform, right? And um, I don't mean how I don't. How many times are going to go through this sort of harassment of developers because you're angry about something like a true Twitter finger Karen, right? It's just, it's it's really upsetting um, that we keep seeing this happen repeatedly. These past, especially these past few months, where there was Bio Mutant member performing better on the Series X, and then the developers were trying to explain that to people of the whole backwards compatibility situation, and then. Uh, and then basically getting death threats to the developers because they were saying you got paid by Microsoft to make Sony look bad and all this different stuff. Gross. Um, and, and it's actually quite frightening to be honest. Death threats are not something anyone ever wants to receive. Yeah, exactly. Or or the whole thing with Last of Us 2 was extremely bad when they were threatening the voice actress Laura, Laura Bailey in their game because their beloved character was killed. Uh, so they took it out on her. Yeah. And, now you're you're getting this repeat with descenders where where toxic fans are are are, are mad uh, because someone's getting a something else on another platform and and at some point people have to realize that it's a game, not it's not reality. It's, it's like Mav was saying, it's a form of entertainment and there is a difference. Uh, you you are not entitled to treat anyone badly because you purchase something. Um, these are human beings with a passion and we should reciprocate that by being positive. Um, and the mentality of where people can get mad um, because someone else gets a game and you feel the need to down it, like a lot of fans, even like media sites was doing with MLB The Show, uh, you can still enjoy your game wherever you decide to play. It's it's such a, a weird, uh, <laughs> immature thing to see to threaten someone because someone else gets to play your game uh, if that is the ecosystem you prefer, then awesome. More power to you. I I prefer the Xbox. Some other people prefer the PlayStation. And it's okay not to like a, a, a game. Like, that's perfectly fine. But if your intention is to threaten someone because uh, other people are getting the game, you know, the, your worldview can become very small at that point. And just spread positivity, as Mr. Badwit was saying. 
Twitter can be a toxic place, but it is a small portion and it is not everyone. Toxicity can be the loud vocal majority. So spread positivity to make it a minority. Um, yeah, and, and, yeah. And just to like, to, to, to grow on that point, just a sec. It's not even because I saw people like, you can't just be positive all the time. It's not like, I think we throw around the, the word positive, maybe as like the, like trying to, to have an equilibrium of sorts. Yeah. What I think we all kind of want is to be constructive with our thoughts. I like that, Joe. Yes. Yeah, that constructive thinking is ultra important. Well said. Yep. Exactly. Sure. And I th- and I think Twitter doesn't reward that. It really and that's the and that's the thing that really sucks. I'll put out a tweet that is that is, you know, like fun and positive. Like I just did one with uh like Ratchet and Clank, right? Going like, oh my god, what look at the wizardry at that display. Oh, I love that. That was a, a great tweet. Of, yeah, that was great. Yeah. And and then like I'll I'll get one where I'm like trying to be very constructive with a thought, and it's like boom, alike, right? So like it doesn't reward Twitter often doesn't reward you being thoughtful. It is rather kind of uh and it, it is what it is, because it is for sure. But there, there is a difference characters, between but like yeah. constructive criticism and just being, you yeah. know, <laughs> there's it, a just seeing something you may not like and then just going, okay. Like, you know what? Like I, like I've seen some people go that ah, boo IGN. It's like, okay, just don't go to that site. It's like easy, easy that like you don't like that content. Don't, don't engage with it at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just don't do it. If you don't like a content creator, you don't need to go out of your way and, and listen to stuff. Yeah, just, uh, just, yeah, just, yeah, just don't, don't follow them and move on. Yeah, Fine. I agree. Exactly. And, and that's how it, and that's how it should be. But I think some people yearn for that confrontation because they know that there's no real consequences to it. And that's what is really the major problem with the internet is there is genuinely no consequences for you saying possibly the worst stuff ever. I will say this. I I will say this. Uh, When I see tweets like this, I report them. I'm I'm not even going to front. Like I, 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 I I reported three people yesterday uh, because of the, I mean, they were using some pretty explicit, homophobic stuff and yeah. uh, you know obviously me mrs boomstick and i huge supporters uh, uh, and proud supporters of that community i i will not stand for it uh, if i mm-hmm. if i see you putting that out there i'm fucking reporting you part oh sorry my friend i don't like the curse on my own show but yeah but- I, I get emotional when it comes to that stuff because i love everyone everyone <laughs> matters to me black white blue race creed color it doesn't mean nothing it means nothing to me if you're a good person i'm, I'm going to care about you um, and uh, I, I think that's that's super important. So when I see that stuff, if you see that stuff, you see threats, folks. I'm not saying you should have to. No, I'm a, I'm ex police officer, so of course I'm always going to think, you know, with a police officer's mentality that I got to protect people because that's what I I swore to do back in '94, uh, and I did for 21 plus years uh, and loved every minute of it. So I will continue that from from a you know from a a, a civilian point of view, but I, I I think that if you see this and you want to uh, put a stomp down on this on that kind of community, you got to report when you see that stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. I will, um, but I, I, I that's my best advice to you. But I want to move on to why everyone is here, folks. We're here to talk about gaming, and I got to go into one of the first. Uh, now, again, folks, a lot of the stuff is a part of Speculation Town. There's some speculative commentary that you're going to hear, but I have the receipts on why I think this is uh, super, super important. Now, 
as we close in on 400 people here, please, if you are new to this channel, consider subscribing. If you are already subscribed, please help help me help you help tw Twitter and help YouTube uh, and uh, get get the word out there for Dobow Gaming. And let's let, let, let me try and win a war of these algorithms because I'm always losing for some reason. Um, but yeah, hit the like button. It helps more than you could possibly understand. Okay, so now this is this is a good one, folks. This is I wrote this and I got goosebumps. That's how I know it's good. Now a, a, I don't know how I missed this. A couple of weeks ago, right? Now let me let me just let me just rewind for a second. With social media, developer, it, it, it it's for me social media. When you look at it as a whole, it's the a, a developer's playground for teases. And the opening topic for gaming talk is going to be regarding Microsoft's potential first-party team-up. Now, you're saying, well, what are you talking about, Boom? Well, a couple of weeks ago, there was an, a tweet from the uh, official Ninja Theory Twitter account. And they put a tweet directly to Team Ninja. Now, this is what it had to say. It says, Ninja Theory with the handshake to Team Ninja. And it says, let's put Ninja in our studio name. Now, you say, well, there's not much here. That's because you don't have the inside skinny. Ooh. Two years ago, prior to E3 2019, I got a DM from someone that I trust, someone that will remain nameless on this program because I still get tips from them from time to time, that Ninja Theory was potentially going to be working with someone. And that Team Ninja wanted to bring back Ninja Gaiden to the Xbox brand as an exclusive. Now, I have been championing uh, Ninja uh, Team Ninja to bring um, um, Mr. Hayabusa back to the Xbox, where he originally started with, of course, Ninja Gaiden and then Ninja Gaiden Black. And listen, I know that there's not a lot here, that we are hanging out in Speculation Town, sunny and 75 with unicorns and rainbows all over the place. So I have to pose this question to not only the chat, but the, of course, elaborate panel. And I'm going to start with Joe. Joe, listen, could you imagine a team up between Ninja Theory and Team Ninja to bring a new Ninja Gaiden exclusive to the Xbox. I mean, Team Ninja has teamed up with Square to bring an yep. exclusive game to PlayStation. So yep. why not the other way around? Could this happen? But more importantly, what if it does? I I want this to happen, A, strictly for you, because I know Ninja Gaiden isn't <laughs> that usually is my for game. me. Exactly. But I know <laughs> it's for you, so I want this to happen. Um, but I actually think it'd be really awesome because for me, um, I think of like the PlayStation portfolio. So you look at me drawing comp comparisons. And what I like about it is you got some easy fun games like a Sackboy, maybe even a Ratchet Clank. And then you got the difficult, I'm going to beat your face in with this mallet. And that is the Demon Souls. That is your yes. Bloodborne. Uh, which has been 2,260 or 74 <laughs> days. I don't know. That's all on top of my head. The days are a blur at this point. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it, you know, I, I love a good challenging game. And I think it's a, a, a great way of filling that portfolio. So like when I'm taking a look at what Xbox has, they have now a ton 
of uh, Western first-person RPGs. They got first-person shooters. Um, they got those RPGs that are like your fables. Uh, and the thing that I feel like they don't have, and the platform is like, like a Psychonauts, the thing that I think of that they don't have is, yeah, what is it? one of those really challenging, you know, action games that are going to really beat your face in with a mallet? make you hate and resent yourself and, and the people around you. You know something? It's crazy. It goes it's to you that age. Age does hurt you. Uh, and I say that because I had, I, for some reason, for the Souls games, I don't have patience for. Uh, yeah. But Ninja Gaiden Black, I beat on hard, yeah. dude. Like, yeah. that's one of my crowning achievements. Unfortunately, I don't have any proof. I don't have the receipts because there was no <laughs> achievements back then. But I loved Ninja Gaiden Black. I, I just love it. Absolutely. And so, like, that would be just such an awesome thing. And it's also, if I'm not mistaken, at this point, it's kind of, though it's been on all platforms, I think it's kind of synonymous with Xbox. At least when I think about it, I am thinking about the original Xbox Ninja Gaiden. So, like, for me, I would like to see this, man, just strictly for you, Boom. I want I want to see you happy. I want to see your face like how I imagine my face when I see that Bloodborne too. So I want this. I want this. I want this for you, buddy. You know, I mean, and I appreciate that. Mav, I got to bring you into the conversation. You know, I, again, I, I said this on last night's Primetime Gaming, which was a masterful uh, episode. We had Scrub Nurse, who's in the chat, making his debut. The guy is as smart as a ta- as sharp as attack for sure, and he's going to be coming back uh, in the coming weeks to talk about what happened with uh, you know uh, during E3, and uh, he completely knocked it out of the park. So if you missed that episode, definitely go check that on VOD. But I am not a coincidence kind of a guy, Mav. I am I <laughs> like when these companies do this, I, I feel that it's almost, I know that sometimes there are, there are teases. Sometimes there really is anything, but I find it almost awkwardly suspicious that they would say, Hey, let's put a ninja in our name, team ninja, ninja theory. I don't know. And, and, and again, I heard something from again, nothing substantiated. Obviously it is a rumor. So take with a grain of salt, but I heard something a couple of years back that we could potentially get a ninja Gaiden to come back as an exclusive, but hearing that ninja theory might be a part of this. Well, now we have got, you got my juices flowing. What are your thoughts on this? Well, for one thing, they have the DNA to pull it off because not only um, have they made things like um, a Hellblade and stuff like that, but if you go back, they also made Heavenly Sword, which was fantastic. And yep. they've also made DMC, yes. Devil May Cry game, which a lot of people were kind of down on. But if you took it as itself and didn't say it, it had a fantastic Cry, game, dude. oh, the action, it was amazing. I, I, I freaking loved that game. It was a great playthrough right um and it kind of reminded me of some of the action back from Nin- ninja gaiden back in the day right so that i think they have the dna to pull this off right and uh it just makes sense the other thing that the other clue is like in that tweet didn't they do the handshake emoji they did right? yes hey that that a handshake signifies to me a deal has been made a partnership yes yes it does you know? um now also, I'll add another little piece to this, Boom. What do companies do sometimes to try and reinvigorate a little bit of hype for a franchise? 
right? To bring people to maybe get familiar with something and kind of test the waters a little bit to see, okay, uh, we're going to launch this in preparation for something that we're going to announce later. Yep. There's a Ninja Gaiden collection about which i have already poor i've already purchased by the way (laughs) so if you add up those other pieces this looks more and more promising because that is something that numerous companies have done before is release their remastered collections or things like that in the lead up to a uh new game to try especially when it's an older franchise right um so this makes complete sense um i hope it's true ninja gaiden back on the xbox was amazing it was one of my favorite games um i also i also beat it right and back then everybody was saying you know it was really hard but it it was hard but in a good way it like it never it never got frustrating for me right um it also it had platforming elements and stuff. Yes, it sure like, did. Yep. Um, there was a lot of cool stuff in that game, the story, uh, the characters, and that was Itagaki at his best, right? It, absolutely his best so, work to date. Yep. That was my top uh, Itagaki game for sure. And I I hope, I mean, the, the, the one thing is people have to, like, when they say, hey, it's going to be a new engine, Gaiden, you have to understand it's probably going to be different, right? It, it can't well, yes, be exactly. is no longer with uh with, with that company. Yeah, hundred percent. So it can't be. It's not going to be exactly that. It'll be something a new take on it, which I'm okay with because Me too. Um, I think the characters and stuff all in that world are, are worth bringing back. And I think if Xbox is involved in this, and Ninja Theory is, and um, also Team Ninja, then you're putting like a lot of talent. And uh, they're, they're, that means they're respecting the franchise and they're going to treat it and do it the right way. Um, so that if that is the case, it, it has me super pumped because I've wanted Ninja Gaiden to be back so badly for so, such a long time. Um, it, the last one was not what it should have been. It was right. awful. And if yeah. you're talking about the one that looked like a cartoon with the zombies, my God, talking about falling from grace. Yeah, it just that was kind of strange, you yes, know. It's like awful. a franchise, you know. It, so I think that uh, you know they have a chance to bring back this classic IP that dates. Like if people forget, Ninja Gaiden was a was also a rebirth of, of a franchise that already existed, right? On like the, this, on the eight bit, yeah, on the NES, yeah. yep. So Which, that this, game was hard as balls. Yes, this franchise goes back to like. Console gaming renaissance day. I mean, this is like this is one of the crown jewel franchises that deserves to remain and stay at the forefront. Bring it back. Bring it back in a big way. Ninja Theory, Team Ninja, let's go. Game Pass Day One. I'm hoping for it. Oh my! Listen, I don't care if I got to pay seventy dollars for this game. Yeah, it's Ninja. It's Ninja Gaiden. It's Team Ninja. It's Ninja Theory. Sign me up. But we know it would be in Game Pass. Three bit. Let's get your ninja skills and put it on trial this is a this is this is a a a historic franchise but what's more historic than the namesake and ninja gaiden are the two companies potentially involved ninja theory and team ninja now of course team ninja is not the same team ninja from back in the days but that doesn't mean that they don't have the skills matter of fact i would dare say they have just as much skills 
as when Itagaki was running that studio. When you see this happen, when you see the handshake emoji, do you believe in coincidences or do you think that there might potentially be something here? I, I definitely think there is something there. Like Matt was saying, a, a handshake usually signifies a partnership, right? And I, I think um, a lot of good points were made. That if you look into Ninja Theory's past, they, they, they did make Heaven Sword, Heavenly Swords, what is it? Um, yeah. Which was that PS3 exclusive with the girl with the red hair. And then they worked on Devil May Cry, then Enslaved, uh, underrated game. So Enslaved was dope, dude. Yeah. yeah. Amazing, and I think Andy Circus was like, Yes, he uh, was performance big part of that. So underrated, and people need to definitely check that out. Um, but they made pretty great third person hack and slash titles. And, and Team Ninja, on the other hand, is most notably known for Dead or Alive, at least right now. Um, and and um, which is like a traditional, like fast paced fighter game. So I'm thinking it makes sense to team up, um, it, with Ninja Theory's pass and and um and sort of basically everything seems to line up pretty well. Now, what, what confuses me um, is because around this time that they posted that tweet, Team Ninja was also getting uh, Ninja uh, <laughs> Ninja rumors about developing a PS5 exclusive that is a Final Fantasy game. Right. And some of the leakers was comparing it to a Souls-like game or something equivalent to like a Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, that happened around the same time I seen this tweet that I was like, what is going on? They, um, you know what? So I, I will tell you, though, th their studio was pretty large. Um, yes. So I, I, I think it, I mean, I, I, I listen, I don't know if this is going it, to it's going to translate to anything. But I think the studio is big enough. And especially if they just see, that's the thing. They're not developing these games without the big publishers, meaning that they could get help from Square, and they certainly could get help from um, uh, Ninja Theory. So they, yes. they, they could pull off two games for exclusives, one for each platform. I think so, too. And, and, and um, considering Ninja Theory now has the full backing of Microsoft, right? And um, they, I'm pretty sure Phil would, would definitely love for this to happen. And introducing a brand new Ninja Gaiden title, um, and they, they had the collection, which will pump people up for a, a brand new, like a reboot or maybe even um, a, a next installment of the game is, is really smart. Um, but yeah, I, I think <laughs> it's, it's going to be really exciting if this happens. Ninja Gaiden has been way too long uh, since another Ninja Gaiden title has uh, been bred, and I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that makes two of us. I mean, listen, folks, I, I don't think I'm suggesting anything outrageous when the collection, the HD collection, is going to be released uh, very soon. I think that they're fanning the flames. They're certainly willing to test the waters to see if there's an excitement. And if we talk about it both on social media and on shows like this, I think there's a good shot that we could potentially get a new Ninja Guidance, specifically by Team Ninja and Ninja Theory as an Xbox exclusive. And, and for me, the check boxes are yes, yes, and yes, please. Uh, but before I move on to the next big one, and this one is spicy, this one is tasty, I gotta catch up on some of these super chats. Gerald Mack of the of the chat drops a very generous additional two dollars super chat and says this: If you're you're not a gamer, if you hate either platform, you know what, dude? I think I'm gonna sanction that. I'm going to give you my my thumbs up for that because I don't think anyone should be hating on platforms. If you don't like a platform, that is okay. 
but don't hate on it. Um, yep. Davikin89 drops an additional two, very generous $2 super chat and says the social media algorithm rewards toxicity. Yes. Exactly. And, I, and unfortunately, this is why I'm, I'm never going to hit 100,000 subs because I'm never going to sell my soul for subs. Uh, I'd rather yeah. just be a positive knucklehead than a toxic a-hole and have you know, 10,000 subs. I'll be okay with that. Uh, that's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, Raiden Blade drops a very generous additional $2. Super chat and says, Mr. B, I got to put $2 in the profanity jar. <laughs> I'm, I'm dropping it as we speak. Um, RRD drops a very generous $2. Super chat and says, shout out to Psychic Boom. Well, thank you so much for that, brother. Definitely appreciate you being here. And of course, the generosity. And um, let's see, I, I don't want to miss one. I think I, another Raiden Blade came in. Um, yes, Raiden Blade drops. Wow, another two dollars. Thank you for your generosity. He says, Mr. B, Ninja Gaiden, Gaiden teams up with Shinobi. Imagine that. Oh, hello, yes, please. Uh, because Shinobi is still the OG dopeness. Um, Raiden Blade drops an additional two dollars super chat. Thank you for that. He says, Gaiden can be put in the same light as Halo. Yeah, I, I would say that you can put Halo there with them because they're both OGs for sure. And Lord Roughness, generous friend of the show says hey boom i'm playing far cry 5 at the moment and it's fire yes i absolutely loved far cry 5 and he says and um at e3 i need xbox to announce far cry 6 yeah i i think that's game pass day one dude like i, I really do i think there's a deal there but folks get ready strap in because this next topic is pretty dope um let's see where are we now okay so we'll get to the fours and one after this because the fours and one is kind of dope as well um, listen, folks, as we approach Microsoft's E3 um, at, you know, the showcase, which is six days away, little tidbits are starting to come out regarding potentially new acquisitions for Team Xbox. Now, adding more to the already staggering 23 first party studios and 35 plus teams making games for Xbox game studios, something is going to happen at this E3, and this is next. Uh, this next one is has been something that has been floating around. It's there's been industry rumblings. It's a smaller studio, but one I believe brings a huge amount of wealth should it come true. And of course, you want to know what studio Boom is talking about. I'm talking about the team that brought us Rise, Son of Rome, and the Crisis Trilogy, Crytek. Not only, if this is true, it's going to be a huge get for the IPs, but because of the tech that comes with it. Folks, all you have to do is look at some of the gameplay I've played in the last couple of weeks of Rise, Son of Rome. That game is eight years old and could still, Joe, you said it yourself, that game looks like a typical Sony IP. It's brutal. It's realistic graphics. It's gory. And it seems to be fun as heck. I think that Crytek could potentially be that studio or at least one of them. Now, I have to shout out my brother, Tim Dog. And Tim Dog, obviously, he knows Phil Spencer. He knows Aaron Greenberg. He knows Matt Booty. Hell, he probably knows everyone at Xbox. And he tweeted something and he took it down. And I, I'm wondering why. And he tweeted Ooh. 27 studios instead Ooh. of 20, 23. And that tweet was taken down abruptly. Now, was it a mistake? Was it an accident? Was he letting the cats out of the bag? I don't know. 
But Joe, I got to go to you first. Listen, mm -hmm. Crisis just announced their re-HD trilogy remaster. Again, we right. just talked about that with Team Ninja. They don't release these things unless they are probing or looking to get the temperature of the room when it comes to the community. For you, is mm. Crytek the kind of company that fits in well with Microsoft? And they bring a huge Crytek engine with them. I think you, if you add that to, of course, what Microsoft is already working on on their own properties, you know, they have the ID tech. They now have, they could potentially have Crytek. They would be sitting pretty and we would probably get a Rise Son of Rome 2, which was rumored to be in development. Yeah, um, I hope this is the case because, and and this is, this is the acquisition that I would like to see from, from Microsoft going going further. Like I don't, like, you know, you know me. I've, I'm a broken record when it comes to publishers. I'm like, you got Bethesda. Think that should be enough because that's kind of frightening. That type of consolidation really does scare the <laughs> crap out of me. Um, we're 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 going into that Blade Runner world, and it's scary. So that said. Um, this is the acquisitions I want. I want some smaller studios. I would like, you know, double A, smaller triple A, like studios um, added into the repertoire because these these people are incredibly talented and they have built something out of nothing. And seeing Prytech, I got I, I I got some funness for them because Crisis Two is one of my favorite multiplayer games ever. That was my peak. That is my pinnacle. I you give me the controller right now. You fight me in this one v one me, bro. It's not going to end well for you. I you are you, if you don't know. First of all, if you didn't know, it was because of Joe's skills that we mm -hmm. made it into the one of the final rounds of the Halo tournament. Oh, PS, That's by right. the way, and he's a PlayStation dude. So That's there right. you go. <laughs> and I've beaten Ains numerous times. And if you at Ains right now, you're <laughs> real angry about it. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness! So yeah, uh, for for me, I I love Crisis too. So if we just get more Crisis, and they understand what made per, you know Crisis too so great, I am totally in on this. Let's go. Let's make it. You also get you know Rise Son of Rome as well. Oh my god! Uh, yes, please reboot sequel, whatever the case may be. There as well. Like there, there's. I think there, there's a lot there for Microsoft fans or Xbox fans to get really excited about. And yeah, it's, it's, look, it's not the craziest acquisition in the world, nor like the, no, it, it, like, people like would like consider it to be a small one, Joe. It's yeah. like that. It's, 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 not the, it's not the Bethesda level that people are expecting, but mm -hmm. I, I am digging that. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what Microsoft wants. I think they're, I, I think their goal with Game Pass is to make sure there's never a lull in that service. Again, remember their main their, their competition isn't PlayStation. Their competition is making sure they're the first out the gate with this service, um, and, and making sure that you are stuck there. So whether it's see stuck there like it's a bad thing, it's a good service <laughs> uh, that, that you keep engaging with the service. There you go. So whether it is by adding like a triple A game every you know every quarter or 
not even triple A, but a big game every quarter to even adding additional services. Like the rumor is Disney plus uh, to keep you engaged with that service. That's why, that's why they want you on. It's similar to that of like Verizon when they're like, Hey, get PlayStation plus or game pass or, you know, Spotify for free for a year or Hulu for free for a year. It helps build that service out. So yep. that's why I think yeah. the acquisitions are important for Microsoft to do and making sure that they're the right ones to do and helping out studios that, you know, for example, Double Fine, that was that were always teetering, but create such creative and artistic work. By doing that, that's how you're going to be strengthening that service and letting those devs and allowing those devs to have and take those creative risks that's what you need to do. Um, so to me, I, I like I like that it's Crytek. Um, I don't know m- much about the engine. Maybe 3-Bit could fill, fill us in on that of, of what actual value that brings because I don't know how many folks still use it because well, I Well, they just they ju- they actually that. just released. It's funny you should um, say that. I only know that cuz I just bought the game, uh the Sniper uh um yeah. Uh, yes, Sniper, uh, Ghost Sniper, Yes, Ghost yeah, Warrior, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I, 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 I they, they use the Crytek engine for that yeah. game. I, I want to know what that engine could bring to that service. That's my only question mark because we've seen so many smaller devs or middle devs use, uh, uh, what is it, Unreal and, and Unity mm-hmm. as well. So that that's my other thing that intrigues me. Not not to say like it may sound negative. That's not what I'm trying to get. It's it's more of a curiosity. no, no. It, it, make, it makes sense. It, it makes sense. You you want to know wh- where it is, and I and I think we're having three bit a part of the conversation is going to be good because he obviously he might have worked on it. We don't know. He'll tell us in a second. But we also know the worth of it. I, I think that there is still significant worth because, like I said, folks, please for the love of Joe. Not this Joe, another Joe. (laughs) Go, if you have an Xbox Series X, and download and just try out. Please, take my word for it. I never give bad advice, folks. I really go out of my way to give positive advice. Try Rise, Son of Rome. As a matter of fact, you know what? I'm going to do one better. I'm I'm going to bring it up uh, in a second. So I'll do that as we uh, we get um, Mav's opinion. Mav, first of all, again... Rumor town, nothing concrete, but it's you know we're hearing from some of the people within the industry that I trust. I don't want to mention names because I, I don't want to get it wrong. That there could potentially be a couple of acquisitions announced at E3, and I say originally, if you would have asked me if they were doing this live, I don't know that they do that because obviously they're there to show games, and I don't know if it fits the narrative. But because this is a controlled event, because this is coming directly from Redmond, because it's going to be a pre-recorded event, I think that they could do it. What are your thoughts on Crytek becoming Microsoft first party? Um, I, I would love it. Uh, Crytek has a lot more influence than a lot of people realize on the gaming industry, right? Um, not only have they created Crisis, uh, Rise, Son of Rome, uh, but they were the creators of Far Cry. Yes. They were the original creators of Far Cry sure. with Ubisoft uh, to publish that deal. When they moved on to go make a deal with EA, 
and started working on uh, Crisis, then Ubisoft acquired uh, the full rights to Far Cry, which has become one of the biggest franchises in Ubisoft's portfolio. Not only that, but they also have kept the core engine and tweaked it. They've that a lot of the Dunia engine uh, that is, is the Far Cry games comes from the Cry engine, right? Yes. Uh, so their imprint is in one of the biggest franchises in gaming still today. And we're getting a new one. And the core functionalities of that game is still based on what Crytek invented years ago, right? Yes. So um, Crytek has a lot of uh, talent there, especially with their with with the engine, uh, the open world tech. And you saw what they did with Crisis, right? I mean, that game was like the pillar of um, graphics for PC gaming, and was, and that was like the everybody's like, okay, can it run Crisis? Can your PC run Crisis? Yeah, you know? I remember that. Yep. <laughs> so they uh, hold a lot of weight for me when it comes to talent. Now, they haven't been as relevant recently, but that doesn't mean that they're still not capable, right? Maybe, yes. maybe they don't have a lot of the same people, whatever, but they still have the cry engine, okay? And they keep working on that and adapting and developing it, and they do lead the way with a lot of technologies. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to the first Far Cry. I'm talking about way back to the first Far Cry. Even when, was, when you turn into a monster, yes. <laughs> even Yeah, on the original Xbox even. with it, that, Play that map editor, okay? Play with the map editor on multiplayer and see what's capable on console back in the day. And if you're a fan of Forge and Halo, this map editor will blow you away, okay? Yeah, uh, I remember as a kid me making like little islands in that game on, on the original Xbox. I, you're, you're bringing me back right now. It was amazing. I, I mean, you're talking yeah. about changing the terrain, creating mountains, creating rivers. I mean, you can completely do pretty much whatever you want. Uh, mm -hmm. Snap objects, uh, create your own buildings. I had so much fun with the map editor. That's one of my best gaming experiences I've ever had was playing multiplayer on Far Cry Instinct's Predator on the original Xbox with friends because we made our own experiences. It was a blast. Uh, had so much fun. They carried that through with Far Cry 2, Ubisoft did, and, and then and then they kind of just lost focus on that stuff. But go back and, and play that stuff if you want to see what, what they're all about. And um, I love Crytek because of that stuff. Now, um, I would really love to see this happen because I think with a partnership like Xbox, I think they have some talent and skill level with engines, uh, you know, creating a cry engine that could really help out everybody. You know, they, they could develop a whole new different franchise. They've created big franchises, you know. So I when I look at the possibility of Crytek coming in, it's about the possibility of something new. Um, and also that we can't we can't even anticipate. But I would anticipate it would be something big, open world, uh, showcasing the best of what their engine offers. And that's what I would be. Uh, the most excited about and as far as the other acquisitions it's just like up in the air like i don't know who who it could be because i've seen everything like you saw in the predictions video we had like <laughs> i had the question and it's like every every like dev and publisher under the sun that and you see different rumors from prominent people on twitter even like insiders that are saying this now that there is probably an acquisition so Maybe that one is a Crytek that a lot of people are thinking, but maybe it's also somebody Techland. else. Yeah, we, we, actually, what we're going to do is we're going to back end this conversation 
on what one studio you want. We'll, uh, we'll come back around to everybody uh, because I, I I don't have that in the show notes, but I, I kind of want to just play with the idea. As we close in on 500 people here, thank you so much for supporting Double Barrel Gaming. And speaking of support, I have to catch up on Super Chats before I get to your 3-bit because they are raining money on me, and I cannot thank everyone enough. Dan the Man Cunningham, good and generous friend of the show, he drops – Fadal Zubchat says, not, not to name names, but someone held his own oh, on the Iron Lords podcast. Yes. What's that? Oh, he's uh, the Iron Lords podcast on Sunday. He walked silently and carried a big boomstick. Hmm, I don't know who that man is, but hopefully uh, you do like him. Uh, uh, Keo Walker drops a very generous Fadal Zubchat and says, speculation town. What in the Ninja Theory slash Team Ninja is a sign that te uh, Teo uh, Temko was acquired? Dude, I got to be honest with you. Good on you because I never even put one and one together. Apparently, my math is not that good. My God, that is an incredible theory because we did hear that Koi te uh, te uh, Tecmo could potentially be purchased. That is pretty damn interesting, dude. And we had, let's see. Okay, this one is ridiculous. Z Black Rider, good and generous friend. I think it's too generous. Um, he drops, folks, an outstanding and ridiculous. $50 super chat. My God, thank you for the generosity. Boom, you play games like my daughter. Uh, you know what? I, I bet that there's a compliment there, and I'm proud to be in the same company <laughs> as your daughter, my friend. Thank you for that. That's very kind of you. Uh, we also had uh, JD Gamer, generous friend of the show. He drops not one but two super chats. The first one is, wow, $20. I would love to see Microsoft acquire Techland. People can fly. Those two, yes. Crytek, NetherRealm. Wow, that would be big. Telltale Games, Monolith, and Sega, and add five studios to Xbox Game Studios, then split it up in half with Matt and Sarah both running 10 studios apiece. Listen, folks, that's one of my dream gets uh, to interview Sarah Bond. I am going to throw the I'm gonna throw the hook out there. I don't know if this is gonna happen. I think my channel is way too small to even suggest it, but Sarah Bond, I think, is someone ultra special. Um, I think that she is going to potentially be Phil Spencer's successor. I was talking yes. with um, uh, um, Cognito from Iron Lords podcast this morning. You know, we're brothers, so we talk almost on a daily basis. And I, I we were talking about Sarah Bond, and I was like, yeah, that's that's my personal dream get as an interview. I'd be nervous as hell, to be honest, but that's who I think is going to succeed Phil Spencer, to be completely honest. And I think she has the chops to do it without a doubt. So let me just wait. Hold on a second. Okay, so we got that one. Why wow, does a lot of super chats came in here? Um, okay, the second one from JD Gamer. Thank you for the continued support. He says, "I forgot one studio that MS must acquire, and that's a Sobo." My God, a Sobo. Wait to listen. I have an insider that told me, "Boom, when you see Flight Sim on the Series X, you're going to crap your pants." Because you're not going to believe it. And that's coming out this summer. I cannot wait. Now, I'm not a flight sim dude. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm more of like, I'm more of an action kind of a guy. Yeah. But I cannot wait to see that. And yes, Osobo. I would can't be wait dope. to see what other people do with it. You know what I mean? I'm, yes. For me, me too. I'm no Sully Sullenberger. I'm that's just playing <laughs> everywhere, man. Mm -hmm. He continues it may not even make the, the off the landing pad, you know. Oh my god. Listen, I, I know I'm I'm crashing many planes. It's it's awful. I, I it's terrible. Don't don't fly with Mr. Boomstick. I'm you're probably gonna die. Um he says, um 
uh, acquire that's a Sobo because right now the question is, can your PC run Flight Sim? That tech plus Forza tech would be OMG. Yeah, indeed. I, I think it would be something there. Snakewood becomes a channel member. Well, dude, thank you so much for supporting Double Barrel Gamer. And Gaming with Ripley drops a very generous $7 super chat and says, boom, it's been a while. Hope you're doing great. And I'd like them to acquire Crytek. I want Rise 2. Amazing Xbox One launch game needs a sequel. Well, dude, welcome back. And thank you for the continued support. Glad, glad to have you in the chat. I think I might be caught up. Yeah, I'm caught up. So, 3-Bit, uh, let's get your opinion on this. You know, Joe asked a really fantastic question. What is the relevance, or should I say importance, of the Crytek engine to Microsoft? Should they have acquired or potentially will acquire them? Would that be a big deal to get Crytek a part of Xbox Game Studios? So I think it'd be a, a great partnership if Xbox did add Crytek to their lineup. It would definitely be a power move, um, you know, considering Crytek owns the Cry engine, which is an extremely powerful engine out there. Amazon um, bought their engine and renamed it to Lumberyard for Star Citizen. And Star Citizen uh, initially was using um, the Cry engine. It's pretty much Cry engine, but they just renamed it to Lumberyard. So when you're when you're thinking about how powerful this engine could be. You can look at CryEngine and also look at Lumberyard. And and um, I, I think if, if you're questioning whether this will uh, be a benefit to Microsoft, when, and you're, when you're adding a potential studio to your Avengers team, which is how I'm kind of looking at Microsoft right now, you basically consider how they fit into your overall vision for potential games. Um, and not only would Microsoft get Crisis, which was the PC killer back in the day, like Mav was saying, but you get even more tech that you can share with other studios. And Microsoft already owns so much, so much technology right now with the xCloud potentially combining with Orion, which was Bethesda's take on cutting down latency with streaming games. And then Microsoft getting ID Tech, one of the most powerful engines out there with amazing optimization. And basically adding CryEngine to that, to their repertoire would be in, insane. And, and the Crytek engine is capable of uh, such like immersive environments. The only bad thing I would say about that engine is the sort of poor documentation, uh, making it harder for new developers to jump into it, uh, learning it for a production pipeline. So you don't see a lot of developers uh, using it as much besides CryEngine, but there are a few. Prey was one of the games um, that mm. used the CryEngine. Uh, then you have Homefront, Right, that was the CryEngine game, uh, New World. So, um, which is I think Amazon's um, new game. I forgot what New World. Is. I think that was uh, Amazon's take on um, their MMO game, right? But yeah. the, the terrain yeah. tool they have is is almost unmatched. And Far Cry was a pretty, a very good basis on on how to push their engine toward more open environments. And they they, they kind of built the engine because of. Far Cry. That's why they have Cry in the name, <laughs> right? I think a lot of people forget because Ubisoft now owns mm. uh, the Far Cry franchise. But um, it started with just having these open environments and then building upon that. And um, that engine is just in insane <laughs> for uh, just just like open world environments and the optimization of it. And I'm really excited if if that is the case. And it just would add even more. Um, craziness to Microsoft's already crazy lineup. And they have so much IP right now. Um, I'm in the camp where I don't think they need to purchase a studio to partner with 
to, to partner with them, but it does guarantee that the deal won't fall apart, right? In the future, like a sunset or a quantum break. Um, yes. But I, I do, I'm such a, I'm so sad for Rise that that game <laughs> did not get the recognition it deserved. Cause look, just look at the gameplay, right? That, yeah. that, uh, that Boomstick has going on. It, it was one of those games that, came out in 2013 until this day is still a graphical showcase it's crazy um, literally crazy to... it looks that good and it's I, I have seen games that have not aged well this game is like a very expensive bottle of fine wine you taste and you're like my god this is amazing so good boom <laughs> i'm just like <laughs> it, it came out in 2013 and and it's still like a comparing it you could compare it to games coming out now in 2021 yes. yeah 100 so, yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to if this is if this is a thing, then awesome. Uh, they, not only would they get games like Rise, and I do think getting more IP into the Microsoft lineup, like they have so much IP, they just need to use it, right? They, yeah, they, that that is one of the the Microsoft <laughs> problems right now. They have so much IP that they 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 need to start using. Sort of like a Mario, I think, is the common example uh, where they use Mario in a million different ways. Um, but yeah, that. I, let, let it make it happen, Phil, please. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. You know, Joe, I want to I want to bring this back to you because you sure. know one of the things that you said the uh, uh, last time you saw me play the footage was like, this really does look like a PlayStation game, and that is a great that's a great compliment. That's not an insult because that's what I love about Sony's first person over the shoulder adult themed violent games like this is that's why i own a playstation 5 and i think that this is one of those types of games that xbox is missing now i'm not saying that they're not getting it you know senua's saga which was, was not an exclusive but we know that hellblade 2 is going to be is that type of game and we're going to get that potentially early 2023 at least in my opinion but yeah. I would love to see a Rise Son of Rome 2 come back and for them to take some of the criticism with the, you know, the, the QT, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the QT, uh, you know, uh, the types QTs of, and the, yes. the connect functionality. Yes, yes, yes. So I, I think they can do that. But my, my question to you is, and this mm -hmm. wasn't a part of the show, so I'm going to make it a part of the show now. What Please. one studio, one studio do you want to see added to Xbox Game Studios? I'm going to say something rather controversial. And I love rather... I love controversy, especially when it's from right, you. Good. Um, <laughs> honestly, what I'd rather see more than what Microsoft, who Microsoft can buy, is I want to see how Microsoft utilizes these studios. We okay, often talk about how. Um, and after this point, actually, I gotta go. So I yeah, love you all no very problem, much. brother. Take off. But um. You know, I I when I'm when I'm taking a look at Microsoft, I, I also take a look at what Sony's done with Insomniac, right? Where we take a look at how they've utilized that studio with the short amount of time that they've acquired them. We've gotten two stellar Spider-Man games and what looks to be another stellar Ratchet and Clank game, and they're not done. So no. when I see when I see what they've done with just that one studio acquisition, being able to pump out three titles um, in less than what, like three years, right? If I'm not mistaken, um, that's that's incredible, and that's what I kind of want to see out of Microsoft. When we talk about Ninja Theory, we're seeing them work on, you know, 
Hellblade, Project Mara, and then we get this rumor of, you know, um, a Ninja Gaiden game. That's kind of what I want to see. I want to see Microsoft utilize these studios in that type of effective way. So, like, when I'm taking a look at Obsidian, I would love to see them make another Pillars of Eternity with what they're working on right now with Avowed. It's kind of what we're seeing with Playground Games, where we're seeing them work on multiple Forzas, you Zoom, while at the same exact time working on Fable. Rare working on Sea of Thieves while working on wherever the hell Everwild. Everwild. Ever yeah. Yeah. And and that's what I wanna that's what I want to see from Microsoft. And I think that is the truly exciting thing. I think we uh, I think Nicholas uh from Game Perspective said I think we romanticize purchases too much because they don't mean anything if the games that come out of these purchases of these acquisitions which we're going to see more and more of uh if they don't come out to anything right if the games are just subpar and so to me i want to see not purchases i want to see what these purchases that microsoft's already made are going to be doing going forward and i think that's truly the exciting thing because when you take a look at all these examples i've made you're seeing three to four projects you know in in the lineup so for me that's what i'm i'm truly excited to see that's what i truly want to see out of this e3 um is seeing them say here's what all what we bought here's the fruits of the that labor I think it's way more exciting than any other acquisition because you're now actually seeing it front and center, and I think that's that's the exciting thing. And yeah. maybe that, that, that's actually out, that's but, actually a fantastic yeah. point, Joe. And on, on, on that note, why don't you do your outro, brother? Tell everyone where they can get the best PlayStation Fair. and, of course, fairest PlayStation at, uh, <laughs> yes. podcast. Yes. But I will say that one that even rivals. A friend of the show to you anyway at least not, not to me greg miller's of course kind of funny we're coming for the crown um, so you can find me over at the trophy room or at ps trophy room on twitter you can find the video version of our podcast where me and my best friend kyle talk about the latest greatest all things playstation each and every thursday over on youtube right now we have the video review of Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I talked to yes. my good friend Brock. We talk about the highs, the lows, and what is maybe the best PlayStation 5 game out yet. Uh, it's a really good interview, a lot of hard work there. And you can also find this week's episode of the Trophy Room uh, on all podcast feeds, whether that is Apple Play, Google Podcasts, whatever the, or, sorry, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you find your RSS feeds or your podcasts, you can find the show there and you can find me over at Mr. Badbit. Everybody, I love you all very much. Love you too, I'll Joe. Enjoy the rest of your day, brother. We'll be talking on Thursday. Take it easy, all man. Right, so let's, uh, yeah, what happened? That was the same guy. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he had yeah, he, he had to get out of here. Actually, he wasn't even scheduled to be here, but I asked him at the last minute if he wouldn't mind jumping in because, of course, I wanted to talk about the you know, PlayStation toxic community, the way they attacked, and he actually hung around. But before I get to you guys, uh, I got to catch up with some of the Super Chats. First of all, Gamer by Choice, generous friend of the show, has upgraded his membership to welcome. Here comes the boom. Well, thank you so much, because there are two tiers. There's a $5 and $10 tier. Either one, listen, folks, I I'm just happy that you want to be a, ch uh, you know, a channel member. I do greatly appreciate the generosity. 
We had a couple more super chats come in. Let me just make sure that I get them all because I feel really like a uh, like a piece of you know what if I miss them. I I, I honestly do. It bothers me. Uh, Ghostface Killer drops a very generous $5 super chat and says, I think Avalanche Studios Group is an acquisition. I think you might be onto something with that, dude. Um, he says they have a past relationship with Bethesda and are rumored to be working on a project on Project Typhoon, which I cannot wait to see what the H that actually is. We also had some more super chats come in. Bay Area, good friend of the show, he drops an outstanding $5 super chat and says, for me, it would be Tecmo. Uh, this would give them a Japanese studio with the IPs, Ninja Gaiden, Dead or Alive, Rygar. My God, Rygar was so good. Fatal Frame and Tecmo Super Bowl. My God, my brother and I used to play that when it was on the NES day, back in the days, for hours. Uh, Brett Bingham drops a very generous $10. Gen says, I think someone really big is being acquired this year. It's Xbox 20th anniversary, and that's uh, a legit reason to, but it, but if the circumstances are right, which I think that they are at the moment, they will. I agree with you there. And JD Gamer drops an additional five dollars of chat and says, "I want purchases, purchases, and more purchases, more IP, more games, more talent." I think we all do. And JD Gamer has become a, a channel member. JD, thank you for that. Um, so Mav, let's get your opinion on this. If you had your choice, if you were wearing. Phil Spencer's pants for a second. And you had a choice of one studio that you wanted to add to XGS. What would it be? Okay, so I'm going to say one, but it's got to happen in a roundabout way. I think they got to go to the Big Daddy to get these guys. Okay, Okay. so so Satya has to be involved. The Satya has got to be involved, and this is involves Sega because this is, oh my a God, I love it. this is a subsidiary of Sega. Okay. Now, I didn't even know they were a subsidiary of Sega until I looked it up. I was like, really? That was baffling to me because I never really put two and two together. But this studio made Halo Wars 2. Okay? Yes. This studio made the Total War games. Okay, They also made Alien Isolation. Which okay? is scary as hell, by the way. And I'm talking about Creative Assembly. Oh, dude, that's right? a big one. Yeah, that's big. I, I selfishly want more Halo Wars, and the job that they did with Halo Wars 2 was astounding. They obviously have massive RTS talent at that studio. I'm an RTS fan. They have mastered the way to bring that to console. I want Xbox th somehow through their partnerships with Sega, whatever they got to do, you know, just buy Sega. Just make it happen. Get Creative Assembly and their massive team on xbox yeah uh, they 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 if you look at their release schedule they pump out content they pump out content i mean you're talking about releases almost every year right so it's i think it would be a huge get to go and somehow get creative assembly so that's that would be my number one that, that's a big one that's and, I, and one. I, I i i <laughs> sanctioned that purchase for sure uh, let's uh, let's let's get uh, three bits uh, final opinion on this. If you had Phil P Phil Spencer's pants on and check his wallet because he's probably loaded. What one studio would you want acquired and would you be proud to announce at E3? Uh, if I was Phil, I'm sitting in my my little 
table and you have the you have your shelf behind you, you got the shelf you? right <laughs> uh there's, there's a couple i could think of but I, i'm thinking um it'd be really interesting to if they went ahead and talked to discovery to go and buy the warner brothers uh studio with rocksteady and basically the whole lot get rocksteady yeah. get uh telltale what is it telltale something um I, I think that would be good, not only because of the the games and the talent at those studios, but considering most of Microsoft is using the Unreal Engine already, um, and Rocksteady is pretty much like, they're very good at the Unreal Engine. If you look at Arkham Knight uh, and, and how beautiful that game was, like... Come on, <laughs> they could yeah. definitely do some uh, some amazing things with with uh, WB. Now I, I don't know about the IP. That's a whole thing that uh, we we actually brought like a, a sort of a a uh, guy in the industry, uh, uh, like a lawyer on our show. Uh, it was me, Mav, and um, and uh, we basically talked about the potentials of that. You, you want to go into that, Mav? I, I think that was like really interesting of, of like the potentials of what could happen with that whole basically acquisition of discovery and warner brothers like if it's possible why isn't it possible um i i think it'd just be really cool <laughs> if, if they if, if they get warner brothers because not only would they have um rock city and um Nether potentially realm. the ip of batman nether realm um but they they just have some amazing studio talent, and also uh, the Nemesis engine is just not being used at all. Like, come on, <laughs> you you trademarked it. You, um, this amazing engine with uh, w- within the Lord of the Rings games, and no one is allowed to use it. Like, come on, <laughs> make it happen. But yeah, we, we we talked about it a little bit on on a show with Mav, and um, this guy basically came in. He had some pretty good points on on how that could be possible. Um, Let's see, CMBR, uh, his, his CMB, name yeah, there you go. Ray, Ray Oppenheimer, I think he's an investor by trade. So he does, uh, he had a lot of knowledge about these kind of processes. And it was extremely interesting to see like all the insights of like where they're probably at in this process, what may have happened, where, uh, why the um, language was basically given to the, um, people public as it was without potentially uh before the shareholders had their vote and and everything like that so um a lot of interesting tidbits there that he went into the possibilities that yeah uh he changed my line of thinking mid-show right with a lot of like extremely knowledgeable insights so um it's very possible uh right now It, it it sounds like Something is going on, and I, we don't know if it's Microsoft or somebody else, but it may be for the best interest of those studios. If yeah. something happens, I, I put I put it this way: Microsoft again. We 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 learned of how serious they were when they spent seven point five billion dollars on Zenimax, but we also knew that they weren't done, and that they were potentially going to continue this onslaught. When Satya Nadala himself, during a New York Times interview, said. Why should we build a studio when we can just go out and buy one? And that's, I mean, that's just dropping it right on the desk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I buy mean, the whole building. <laughs> yeah. Why build it when you can buy it? Hello. Okay. 
<laughs> it makes sense, Boom, too, for their strategy, because if you're actually going bigger and you're acquiring more and more, the management becomes a problem because you can't micromanage everything within like a one division. But if you actually have multiple subsidiaries that are actually independent publishers within the same umbrella, you have it's a chain of command. It's the same thing goes with uh, businesses like we even use it in our business, like where one person is in charge, but then they have other people underneath them that are in charge. And then you kind of they are in charge of these. Now, if you have 30 studios, right, that's a lot for one management uh, group to handle. But if you have a culture that's already developed where they already have a systems of the way they work, the way they operate, you know, it's profitable. You can bring them in under under one big umbrella, but they can operate separately yes. and then just kind of send in for approval of things through one person. So it's a chain of command thing. And it, and that's why it makes more sense for them to buy publishers at this point, uh, as opposed to keep acquiring small studios, because those small studios, you have to kind of manage them a little bit, manage more. it more, <laughs> right? The publishers, you bring those in, they're, they're, they're a machine in, in and of themselves, right? So they just need the money and the funding and everything to operate. So, um, that's why they, one of the reasons they went after Bethesda Zenimax and that's why things like WB is, is possible. Why the people are saying publishers. That's why in that video, I actually asked the question publisher in a joking way, but like it, there's, there's some serious th there to it. Like it, you could see potentially something like Sega, like WB or, or something actually happening when, once the Zenimax thing, Zenimax thing happened, anything's possible. Right. Um, Satya Nadella, like you said, said it himself. They're not done acquiring. So we'll see what, what happens. I just think it makes a lot of sense to bring publishers into the Game Pass lineup. So, yeah, yeah no, yeah. absolutely. Real quick, uh, let me uh, thank Brett Bingham once again for the additional, very generous five hours of chat and says Sega is listed on the E3 showcase uh, list, but has no schedule date or time for one. That's interesting dude like i did uh -huh. not know that uh and uh wow i mean oh my god could you could you, i can't even imagine it i i just can't that uh, that he announces sega has been purchased by microsoft i'm gonna fall over on my chair live on the air folks because we're gonna be covering it live now real quick i don't want to put you guys out there do you have time for one more topic yeah Okay, so let's let let's get into the last topic of the show, and this one involves one of the big three. You're saying, "Boom! What are you talking about? What are the big three? Well, I'm talking about Forza Motorsport. Now we have a story that I pulled from Games Radar, who notoriously has done some pretty. I talked about them and some of the stuff that they did last last uh, uh, this year regarding championing. Uh, you know, which they just did uh, Sony for the generations and, and completely throwing Microsoft under the bus. I probably should not have used their article because I gave them a click. I should have went with my friends over at VGC uh, where they had the, they had an article, but they wrote it. So I'm going to go with it. Uh, and of course, I'm talking about Forza Motorsport. And according to the article, there has been a huge and they use the word huge in all caps generational leap. From previous games, and yes, the game is officially called Forza Motorsport. That simple. Now, like myself, if you are ex uh, excited for Forza Motorsport on the Series X, developer Turn 10 Studios has announced more playtest sessions are on the way. Now, the first set of playtest sessions took place on May 8th, and those who were selected got a sample 
of a small part of the upcoming racing sim, specifically in the game's multiplayer modes. Now, players were able to experience the work that's gone into revamping and deepening the game's physics as well as its core gameplay. But if you happen to have missed out on the initial run, fear not, folks. Speaking on the Forza Monthly Show for May, Forza Motorsports creative director Chris Isaki shared that another playtest will take place this summer between June and September and that the team will continue to have many open conversations with the Forza community. Uh, Asaki said that the first playtest resulted in a ton of great feedback from the community and that it was based on, on that. Asaki himself is pretty sure everyone is super hyped and energized at the team and, of course, within the community. He also explained in this interview that the reason why only small parts of the game are being tested is so that the team can get critical feedback on focused focused areas that are particularly important to the team. Uh, Asaki also stressed that the conversations with the community will be ongoing and will be at the core to development, developing Forza Motorsport. And he said this, and I quote, we really can't get where the team and the community wants to be without doing this all together. He continued, we're working on things like track, track temperature and how it affects things like grip and tire pressure and tire wear. In addition, you can imagine how these changes in the time of day and weather um, will play a big part, along with the new tire wear modeling and all of the new compounds led to a much deeper driving and racing experience. I just want to reaffirm that the name of the game is Forza Motorsport, that simple, no sequential eight after the title. It's really an all-new Forza Motorsport experience. Uh, Mav, I got to go to you first on this. First of all, what they're doing over at Turn, at turn 10 has been listen i think it's already safe to say that they're going to continue holding the crown the championship belt of racers now i take nothing away from polyphony but they have a they have in the past in my opinion really taken a step back when it comes to racing i mean back in the days gran turismo was the king of racers it is not the king of racers anymore i would even dare say that dirt 5 one of my favorite racers in the past five years. I would, again, dare say that it's even more fun for me than even Forza Horizon 4. And I love the Horizon series. I think that Polyphony, uh, there's a reason why the game was delayed on the PlayStation 5. There's a reason why the game is going to be multi-plat now. I do not think that with what they're doing both at Turn 10 and, of course, the team that's bringing us Fable in Playground Games is going to have a chance. What are your thoughts on the new information from the game's director? Oh, it's uh, amazing. It, I, it kind of shows, too, like we we're talking about them bringing in Crytek and stuff and potentially getting another engine if that was possible. Like the, the uh, Forza Tech is amazing, right? And uh, these. It kind of shows that Microsoft, one of the reasons they potentially have been a little light on first-party games where we always expect a racing game at launch, right, with your console, uh, is because they're actually treating this franchise right and giving it legs and putting more tech and more into this game than ever before. And they're kind of reinventing the wheel to make it more future-proof, 
right? I think it seems like they're going for Forza Motorsport is going to be a platform that's going to live on Xbox and Game Pass, and you're going to have access to it, and it's going to keep coming out with more content, more content over time. Um, and if you go into the depths of everything that they just talked about, you're t- I mean, you're talking about uh, something that's going to be revolutionary in, ra- in for racing games and uh, something maybe we haven't ever seen before. Uh, there, it's going to be a crazy, truly next gen experience, I think. So I'm I'm crazy looking forward to it, man. I'm a huge motor- motorsport fan. Um, I actually personally have always preferred motorsport uh, over Horizon just because I like the track racing, you know. Um, I I loved motorsport back in the day with the car clubs and the super like the crazy customization and the paint jobs, and then uh, you know just going out there and playing online and trying to uh, beat everybody, do hot laps and compare leaderboards. Like motorsport is a very social game, right? So, uh, dude, if they're if they're putting everything like they said into this like that, um, it just it just has me excited because they're treating it with respect, which they should, instead of just rushing out another game, you know? So hats off to them. I can't wait to freaking play. Uh, maybe, maybe next year, you think 2022. I, you know what I think they wind up doing? I, I think you're onto something with that, Mav. I, I think what we do is we get, uh, we get horizon five this year. Yeah. We get motorsport next year, potentially next holiday. And they go back to that, you know, one to two years. You know that right. that two year dev cycle where it's it, you know it's it's motorsport then Horizon motorsport then Horizon. I think I think that's what we get. Yeah, because then we'll have the tech. They'll you be able to use the tech they made for the new Forza Motorsport in the new Horizon games. Whereas yes. I think this Horizon is still going to be based on the old engine, um, and it's going to be um, cross gen. I think motorsport could possibly be next gen only. Um, and then I think they actually said that I, I, I'm almost positive. I don't know for mm-hmm. horizon is motorsport is definitely next gen only. When they, when they announced it, it only said X and S on there. It yeah. didn't say one, like the other games that were coming out for one said one. And this only said S and X on there. But that the reason I said possibly is because, you know, things are always subject to change, right? That's like, true. Who, yeah. You're definitely who, right for who that. Knows, who knows a hundred percent, but I think that, it is going to be next gen only, and that tech that they're building for uh, motorsport will be used potentially on um, Horizon in the future games, not this one, but in the future. Oh, I mean, you're definitely onto something. I, 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 I'm glad that three bits here uh, for a lot of reasons. I obviously, love having him on the show, but I love to have you get into the technical aspects. You know what they're doing over at Turn Ten seems to be the stuff of wizards uh you know track temperature tire wear you know uh, the the rain effects uh if it's too hot as opposed to it being too cold these are the, the these these details that they're putting into this seems to be almost like madness and we're going to get that and, and 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 they've already said that this is a massive overhaul from motorsport that's why it's it's kind of like a relaunch of the franchise how excited are you from what isaki had to say i think it's uh it's really cool i i seen someone in the in the comments say like um sparhawk he said they're planning on adding more features than they did from forza 4 all the way through 7 and there were several games in the last showcase 
uh, uh, with Xbox where it said it was only going to be on the Series X. Um, and the whole cross-gen argument <laughs> I always get into with people because I, I believe games are scalable um, this generation due to x86 architecture. And um, Forza, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, is one of the games that will only be on the Series X going forward. Microsoft did say they will support the Xbox One for one to two years. That is actually coming up. So in terms of the, the technology represented in this game, um, they wouldn't have to pour as much resources into the optimization of that older VCR <laughs> console. Um, but I also think it, it's going to be a, a showcase for the Xbox. And that is something I miss when you wanted to show off in the past what a system was capable of. Usually you would go to like a racing title, right? <laughs> um, because usually that is a, the graphically amazing uh, game or usually graphically amazing games popped up later in a, a console's lifespan. Uh, but racing games was always that thing you can sort of point towards to seeing that immaculate detail. But the Forza tech is, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really questioning on, uh, on what Mavis said, like whether or not the, the Forza horizon is going to be the older engine or, or, or if they're, I think in general, they're, they're building up um, the Forza Tech engine, and it's it's just for next gen. But I also am I'm thinking about in the back of my head uh, uh, the Fable game, which oh, is using God. the Fable Tech, right? Yep. So I'm thinking overall they're just improving that engine <laughs> to its its max, and and I think Forza Horizon is going to use the new tech, and I also think Forza Motorsport is going to use it. Now, Forza Motorsport is interesting because it's going to be a platform um, that we know of, and they're going to just keep continuously adding to it as opposed to just, uh, you know, Forza 8, 9, 10. This is going to be a game they just add on to it every so often. I think that benefits Horizon more so than vice versa. Um because motorsport could be the basis for Horizon, um, but I can also see, uh, I could also see Horizon because it, it it has these huge environments. So I think I think they're, and now my thoughts are all over the place. But I think what they're going to do is just overall update that engine, because um, we know for the most part that motorsport is going to be next gen only, and then um, that will benefit Horizon, and that's also going to benefit. Fable, because Fable yes. is probably going to be have these large environments as well. So um, the best thing to do, I would think, in this situation is just to use a brand new engine and have it going forward with uh, the ripple effect of Motorsport, Horizon, and also Fable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Well, listen, it's going to be interesting. to. Uh, we're going to get more information, uh, obviously, at E3 in six days. Uh, Double Barrel Gaming, this YouTube channel, is going to have you covered in a big way. And I will flash on the screen once again the schedule if you're new to the channel. This is the monster schedule that I have. Uh, six days, six two-plus-hour shows, live coverage for everything E3 20. 21. So let's get to the outros. And I'm going to start with uh, obviously Joe, Mr. Babbitt. Uh, this is a kid that I think is a real gem of the community. You, you heard him. Check out, if, again, if you are someone that supports multiple platforms and you want to get a PlayStation podcast where hate and, uh, and, uh, and that kind of shenanigans is not used, check out the trophy room 
on YouTube. Definitely give him a follow at Mr. Bad Bit. But Mav, I want to help you push your video. It's stunning. I'm only a couple of minutes into it. I will watch it as I clean the rest of the house, which I have to do after this show. Because, of course, you know, Boomstick is taking care of stuff from Mrs. Boom while she still works because she's not retired yet, hopefully very soon. Um, tell everyone about where they can reach out to you on social media. Tell them about your show on Friday evenings with the Magnificent Seven and tell them about your YouTube channel and the video you just dropped. Again, thanks for having me, Boom. It was a, a blast being here uh, with 3Bit as well. So, uh, first, we'll say, hey, check out uh, Fun Speculation on Twitter and YouTube. That's the name of the channel's Fun Speculation, where we have Xbox Ultimate Podcast Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern featuring the Magnificent Seven. Uh, we have a blast on there. Um, we're just talking all things Xbox uh, with that podcast, um, as well as we have Fun Pop, which is going to be coming back after E3. We're super busy bringing you E3 coverage over this next uh, week and a half or so. So uh, Fun Pop is going to be coming back, and that's our podcast that... Uh, talks about movies, TV shows, uh, uh, DC, Marvel, and all that kind of fun stuff. So uh, check that out as well, guys. Um, uh, and I appreciate everybody who had tuned into this video that uh, we put out yesterday. Uh, we did it as an instant premiere, which was the first time I've done that on the channel. Uh, so that was new. I usually do live stuff, right? And I had drop a little fun videos here and there, just kind of joke ones occasionally. But uh, this was like one to put a lot of work into uh, to get a lot of people in the community as trying to come up with a unique idea of like, hey, how can we do this? But like make it like just a fun thing for everybody as opposed to just like, hey, what's my thing? Right. And yeah, uh, I think that it, it was awesome when I reached out to people like you, boom. And uh, sent the DMs out. I just expected a few people to respond, right? But the amazing thing was just like everybody said yes. And I was like, oh my God, I gotta make <laughs> this thing happen. Like, I gotta do this. What did I just what did I just take on? You know what I mean? But I was like, I had it was the right then and there it hit me that this could be something potentially special for our channel and for the community. And I was like, I've got to make it happen. So I had last week I hadn't been streaming very much because I was just working on this thing. Right. And it was so much fun. It was some of the most fun I've had since I started doing this almost a year ago. And uh, I hope you guys, if you have a chance to check it out, um, it features a lot of awesome people like Mr. Boomstick, Colt Eastwood, Randall, Thor, um, Joe, who was here earlier. Oh, Lords. <laughs> uh, Lord Cognito, King David. Um, my brother from another Pong Soul and Steel Rain from Living Split Screen. There's just like a lot of awesome people that were willing to take their time and took part in this. Uh, I uploaded that. It's about an almost an hour long. The master cut, which I will be uploading somehow. I got to figure it out because it's like 25 <laughs> megabytes. I don't know how I'm going to do that. It's five hours long. So uh, maybe I'll release it in pieces, but I want everybody to see the full interviews because there's a lot of other fun moments that were had in there as well. So uh, check it out if you got time, guys. Appreciate it. And I appreciate you, Boom, giving me a chance to talk about it and also having me here as well. You guys all rock. Thanks, chat. Well, thank you, brother. Real quick before I get to uh, three bit, I got to thank a couple of people in the chat. Uh, 108's Dragon TV drops a very generous $2 super chat and says E3 will be amazing. Xbox is going to crush it. Yeah, I agree right there. We also had a nice, very generous $10 super sticker dropped by DJ Birdo DOS. Welcome back, brother. Thank you for the generosity as always. So three bit, let's get you on out of here. Tell everyone where they can reach out to you on social media. Tell them about what you potentially can talk about, what you're working on, and more importantly, talk about your YouTube channel where people could tune in to what you got going on over there. 
For sure. Uh, first off, it's glad to be back. Chat, you are amazing. Um, I actually, this past few weeks, I've just been working on what you guys are about to see, E3. Uh, I've been really honored um, and blessed to work with a really good team over at Ubisoft for the Ford Conference. And um, you, you guys are going to you guys are gonna like that show, I think. Um, so I'll, I've been uh, just busy doing that, um, but I, I missed uh, podcasting with everyone. And uh, yeah, so but, but you guys can find me on Twitter. It's the VGHD. Uh, my YouTube is the Video Games HD. Uh, I, I've been busy, but some more content is for sure uh, coming. And um, you guys need to definitely check out Mav's thing. It's, it's really cool. Um, and the Snyder cut of it, apparently, <laughs> is, uh, is going to be coming. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, always a pleasure being on the show. Uh, Bad Bit, who's here, uh, Mav, Boomsticks, always a pleasure. So, uh, I'll see you guys on the next show. Yeah, as a matter of fact, let me just make that announcement. Uh, 3-Bit is uh, going to be joining us on a regular basis on the Tuesday show. That's right. He's going to be joining Mav and Zemi Games along with myself each and every Tuesday. And he's stepping down from the Thursday show due to some scheduling issues. But you're still going to get the developer content and behind-the-scenes info on the Xbox Factor Tuesday edition. So happy to announce that as well. And of course, I want to obviously say a big, big, huge thank you to the outstanding and almost ridiculous generosity that was shown today and almost every live show that I do. The Super Chats are extremely welcomed. I am extremely humbled by the generosity, and I cannot thank you folks enough for supporting this old man's dream. Of course, I'm going to thank all the chat we had over 500 people here today that is epic and i'm really grateful that people enjoy the content if you are new to the channel please consider subscribing and more importantly if you are already subscribed consider hitting that like button and of course i'm going to close out the show with something that's important to me hopefully one day it'll be important to you and that's something that my dad taught us when we were kids and i think now more than ever it's ultra important. He said, son, treat others how you want to be treated. And also, it doesn't cost anything to be nice. You live by those rules. And I can guarantee you, you're going to have an awesome day. So take care, everyone. And we'll see you next, well, this Thursday on the newest episode of the Xbox Factor Podcast.